We solved video distribution challenges in every industry. Now, we're distributing that insight to you. This is Z-Band Tech Talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Z-Band Tech Talks, a Z-Band Technologies podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of our podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you want to listen to previous episodes or upcoming episodes, make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, You can just hit the subscribe button and then you'll get notified on new episodes when they pop up on your uh, network. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about our company, our services, or consume episodes of the podcast and other pieces of content, you can go to our website at z-band.com. Again, z-band.com. So on today's episode of Z-Band Tech Talk, we're unpacking one of Z-Band's newest products, the ZIP Encode LS. As the corporate working world adapted to COVID-19, our content and video distribution needs as a working world evolved and changed as well. Remote broadcasts and virtual engagement became a standard almost overnight to make up for a lot of the events and a lot of the client-customer engagement that had been lost. What do these new content distribution needs look like moving forward, and what technology will support them? For insights, we're sitting down with two Z-Band technology thought leaders, Joe Finkenbinder, Southeast Territory Manager, and Meredith McNutt, Midwest Territory Manager. Joe, Meredith, great to have you both on. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Can't complain. Very good. Thanks for having us, Daniel. Appreciate it. Absolutely. No complaints on this end either. Looking forward to a nice technology-focused conversation. Always enjoy chatting with the Z-Band team. So let's just jump right in, folks. Uh, What value have your corporate clients seen in remote content through broadcasts, video live streaming, etc. during this time? And uh, what has that adaptation process been like for them? Um, I think probably the biggest thing for them is with live streaming is that it has that interactive quality to it. Um, It can be customized and engage an audience anywhere. Um, They can do video on demand galleries for people. Uh, Remote employees, field teams and offices can access live events, town halls and trainings. You know, I think... um most organizations live streaming hasn't been a routine practice. Um, you know, the events of 2020 has almost made it unthinkable for any of the organizations to not be live streaming events and content. Um, everyone's looking at how they can best harness live streaming, um, whether that's meeting and conferences, uh, new product releases like, like this one, uh, fundraiser, raisers, community events, or, or just a few applications that we're seeing, um, really anything that involves around sales, marketing, uh, industry education and branding, those are the key areas that I think our corporate customers are are most interested in exploring with with live streaming. Mm. And based on how you've seen them integrate uh, these different content approaches, how is it all being integrated long-term into their strategies in real time? Or are they considering some of the long-term effects of uh, moving towards these um, engagement methods and technologies? Uh, you know, are, are they factoring the long-term in at all? Or is it more of just, let's get this out of the way now, let's do the short-term, and once we're out of the pandemic, 
then we'll reassess. How are y'all seeing them react to that? Um, so we obviously live in an increasingly digital world. Um, I think they are looking at the long term, though, even though they had to do this very quickly and almost overnight, like you said, um, it can save companies a lot of effort and it can save on, you know, financially. Um, it can be applied in many areas of business. So I, I think they're actually looking in at how this can be integrated into long-term because I think there will be some benefits for this moving forward, even once this is passed. I, I, I absolutely agree. I think everything that's going on is given, um, you know, the immediate need for companies in all industries to explore streaming. But I, I think it's also been the nudge that a lot of organizations needed to really look at it as a long-term uh, process and a long-term um, avenue for for reaching their customer base. So I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, and I think this this period of time is going to allow everyone to to figure it out um, and, and how to reach people that they can't reach physically uh, during social distancing and, and quarantining and all that. Now, just for some context, um, how much are y'all involved in dealing with or at least intersecting with some of the content that is produced or uh, spread over the digital infrastructures that y'all help um, set up and manage. Uh, do, do you have a chance to see some of the content trends or how your clients are interacting and, and using the content over the digital infrastructures you're helping build out? So I think we, we provide some know-how um, I mean, live streaming is is uh, is something a little bit different than what we've done in the past. Generally speaking, we, we do video distribution and, and we consider ourselves to be the pipeline to get the video and AV sources to the endpoints where, where they're where they're looking to distribute that video. So as far as putting together that content. Um, it's not always something that we're involved in and typically we're not involved with, um, but understanding how to get that content where it needs to be delivered. That is our specialty, that AV, that AV expertise. That's, that's, that's where we can really provide value. Yeah. Um, there are some questions that we might ask someone to help them figure out if that's something that they can do. We might ask, what are what are the inputs going into these devices? That way we can make sure that it can connect and then get to the end users. So that's where we might be able to help out with the content, but not the actual content per se, but just getting it to the endpoint. if that makes sense. Definitely, yes. So the reason I preface that is because I wanted to ask y'all a little bit about some of the content trends that you have seen in those uh interactions with your clients. How is the content that is needed for these presentations evolving to match the new mediums for engagement and, and spreading content over live broadcasts and multiple uh, touch points? And how are those content needs intersecting with some of the digital infrastructure needs as well? Um, so I do think that there is a diversity of live content now. I think it used to mostly be in the traditional sense of sporting events and newscasts. Um, but now um, I believe, well, now it seems like it's consumed alongside video from friends. It could be from family, YouTube creators, or, you know, social influencers. There's a lot more people now that are using 
you know, live um, video broadcasts and live streaming to get their content to people. And, and on that as well, I think kind of like what Meredith was saying, I think in the past we were just absorbing the video content that was out there. Uh, whereas as the social media platforms and these new me mediums allow it to be more engaging um, and, and more of a back and forth. And I think a lot of in the, in the corporate space, um, they're looking to build their brands and engage with their customers and show their expertise and things along those lines. And the social media aspect of it really plays well into that versus um, j just distributing a video message that, that there's no response, there's no interaction with that. Uh, how do you see that intersecting with uh, encoding challenges, for example, just to help set up a, uh, a little bit of the conversation that we're about to have here uh, more about your product. Do you see uh, changes in content or changes in mediums providing uh, new opportunities or new challenges for your clients when it comes to encoding that content? I would say both. Um, new challenges, new opportunities. It's, um, it, it's a new way of delivering a video message or or information to customers that 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 was different from i mean how were people delivering these messages in the past um tv radio on the website and and now we're talking about live streaming and and that's very different i mean encoding is taking a digital video signal and preparing it for video distribution and when it's when it's leaving the internal infrastructure of of the facility or the enterprise or what have you um and now we're now we're traveling out to you know to the internet to the public um so there's there's a lot to be discussed as far as what is available for public consumption which uh versus what needs to be kept internally and so there's a couple of different ways to approach that and there, there may be a little bit more um there might be a little bit more conversations about what they want out there on social media sites and even which social me media site is going to be the best fit for their message I, and I also want to add that I think with this uh, product or encoding in general, that it is becoming more readily available. Um, and with that, I think there are some challenges such as the limited on-site expertise. You know, we run into a lot of that with our other product lines. Um, we have engineers luckily here that we work with in-house that can, if we have a question or a question or the client has a question that they can answer that you know, fairly quickly in a, a good turnaround time. Um, so it might be, you know, a challenge to build um, a workflow with these encodes for someone that might be a little bit less technical. Um, you know, some other things that people might not take into consideration with encodes, you know, is having the correct bandwidth um, for the devices because or making sure that it's a consistent bandwidth because a dip in bandwidth can cause, you know, buffering issues or jittery video playback. Um, you know, another thing to consider is your, your network path issues. Cause like Joe said, you know, your data has to travel across uh, servers now and it can become congested. So those are some of the challenges I think that some of these people might see with using these devices if they're not, trained or they just don't have the level of expertise that they need to use them. Let's add another layer to this ever-changing dynamic, which is the aspect of audience engagement, which is uh, you know, much clearer to see if it's working or not when it's something in person. 
uh, and you can literally gauge faces and, and eye contact. But when you're dealing with audience engagement on something that is remote and everyone is tuning in to a video broadcast, uh, it's a lot harder to know whether or not your strategy is working and whether or not the technology is supporting audience engagement. So how important do y'all see audience engagement being during these presentations? And uh, how is it adapting strategy-wise under these new remote conditions? So I think that kind of depends on on the industry and the purpose of the video. But uh, engagement can is really what we're going for. I think a lot of, especially in the corporate space, um, I mean, it's a part of branding, it's a part of marketing, it's a part of sales. Um, so, so layering some other things on top of a live streaming video, and that could be a, a live Q and A through the chat. Um, some customers are, are doing live product promotions, uh, maybe tied to a live product showcase where they're doing special offers, flash sales, um, you know, they're kind of taking a look behind the scenes. There's a lot of different ways to, to, to engage with a customer during a live stream video where we're not able to see each other. Um, I mean, sure. You're very aware of likes and shares and comments. Those are, those are all great ways to physically see the engagement. Um, but I think it goes a little bit beyond that as well. So in corporate, I think it's a little bit different than, than maybe if it's a local high school, uh, just trying to stream a sporting event um, where the spectators cannot physically be in 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 the gymnasium or what have you, uh, versus maybe a, a graduation ceremony or, or something along those lines. But uh, in the corporate space, I think engagement's important. There's a lot of different ways to go about it. Yeah, I agree. I think in a corporate setting, you can easily, um, engagement is definitely more important as far as spurring discussions and generating you know, new ideas or whatever the topic might call for. Um, whereas some of the, the older tech, you, if you're just doing only like a, a Slack channel or a or chat box only, um, you know, it's people, the chat rooms can be quiet or full of off topic discussions or maybe not everyone's as engaged you know, right now I'm thinking too about about uh, Infocom. Um, Z-Band was supposed to be uh, in Las Vegas this week for Avix's big Infocom special, something that we're excited about every year. And there's going to be a lot of live streaming events coming out of that out of that um, that show. Um, individual live streams from the various vendors and manufacturers, and then Avixo. I'm sure they'll be doing some live streaming events as well. And and I haven't seen them yet, but I, I, I'm willing to bet that there's going to be a lot of contests and engagement, different forms of engagement that are going to be tied back into that for any of the visitors or, or the vendors that aren't able uh, to be on site for that. So I think it really varies from, from one type of, of event or, or industry to another. And that's totally fair. It's probably, yeah, I mean, like y'all are saying, it's not really a blanket shift. Um, but it is something that's interesting to think about and just how how audience engagement continues to uh, solidify itself as a necessary piece of strategy when it comes to these industries putting together their live broadcasts. Now, I want to go ahead and tie in uh, the encoding challenges to that as well. Um, when trying to engage an audience uh, through these mediums and, and with the digital infrastructure of these technologies, 
how do encoding opportunities or challenges uh, fit into that dynamic of engaging the audience that you've seen, you know, from from your variety of different clients? So as far as encoding goes, um, we've done a we do a bunch of different types of encoding, um, whether we're encoding video taking that digital video feed that AV source and preparing it to be distributed um, through a, a company's LAN or, 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 or WAN. Um, it's a little bit different when it's going to be internal, but now we're talking about encoding video to go everywhere. Um, so th there are some challenges with that. Um, what kind of devices are we looking to accept those AV sources from? Is it, is it a professional quality uh, digital video camera? Um, are we trying to pull a source that's been recorded on a phone? Um, so there's a, from source to endpoint and everything in between, I mean, there's a lot of things to take to take into account. And um, a, a lot of our customers uh, do already do live encoding um, high schools, middle schools, and things along those lines that have our uh, ZIP system, which is the IPTV solution uh, for internal uh, t TV systems, they, they, they do their morning announcements. If we think back to, you know, when we were in school, you have your morning announcements and they're going to share what, uh, what's on the menu in the cafeteria today. The schools are doing that with broadcast cameras in a specific area of the school and encoding that and sending that out to all the TVs in that school and maybe also, uh, other schools within the district. Um, but now we're taking the same concept and pushing that outside the firewall, outside of that organization for the public. So um, there, there are some, some things that we have to take into account. I know a lot of uh, on the IT side and security uh, are all things that uh, anyone's network team is going to be focused on. All right, let's go ahead and loop in y'all's newest product, the ZIP Encode LS. Can you give us some context on how this new product fits into some of these dynamics we've been breaking down, how it supports encoding for audience engagement, general content curation and distribution, uh, and any of the other needs that are arising uh, through the adapting digital infrastructure of remote broadcasting and video content? So um, I think to start, you know, as an overview for this project, uh, this product, it it's um, obviously it supports live streaming HD content um, out to multiple, um, you know, content delivery networks, uh, CDNs, um, and it can do that at the same time. Um, there is a management software built into the encode, which we hadn't really mentioned yet, that allows you to, then to pick and choose which sources you do want to send that content out to. Um, so example, if you wanted to, you could send it out to YouTube Live, you can send it out to Twitter, you know, you can send it out to Facebook all at the same time. Um, so that management portal there does allow you to do that. Um, and it does have those preset streams already set up to do that. Um, and you, like I said, that web UI um, for system management and configurations already on the encode. So it's a very simple system to use to get it out to those multiple uh, CDNs. Yeah, and I think it's also a very flexible device. Um, for our existing uh, ZIP customers, um, this is a good addition uh, for those organizations that are looking to add the live streaming aspect to their current 
video system, but it's also could be used as, as a standalone device. Um, thinking something along the lines of uh, for broad live broadcasting, religious services, sporting events, uh, like I said, high school graduations and things along those lines. It does, they don't have to have a full IP system in place to utilize the ZIP encode LS for the live streaming uh, side of things. And as Meredith mentioned, this can live stream to multiple uh, social media platforms all at once, whether that's Twitter, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Periscope, or some of the larger name things, uh, social media platforms. But for example, if you wanted to place a live stream uh, on, a, on a platform that wasn't mentioned, whether that's your own personal website or the, the organization's website, it, it could be live streamed to places like that. So with customized uh, RMTP streams, you could take this live stream video and use it however you want. And you're not just limited to the big social media platforms. It's really where you see fit. Could you go ahead and break down some of the uh, industry applications that you think ZIP Encode LS will fit best into? And uh, if you could, give us some of the specific needs for those individual markets. Okay, so I'll st I want to start talking, um, I'll talk about the corporate side a little bit. Um, first of all, Z-Band, we operate in pretty much every industry. Um, anyone who uh, has a need for TV within their organization, whether that's news or, or weather or full-on uh, you know, cable TV program lineups. Um, so really any industry. Um, but within corporate, um, I think there's multiple applications. And, and like I said, I think they revolve around a few things, and that is sales, branding, marketing, um, demonstrating their, their expertise. And I think Z-Band does a lot of the same things here. Um, live interviews with with different partners within an organization um, or industry experts ha holding a live q a on a live stream as well uh, is a great way to demonstrate expertise and in, in, in be engaging with customers um, live product promotions and product launches um, are a great way to, to create some buzz around a, a new uh, a new item a new a new product um, and then that also going to be recorded and posted for repeat viewing so it's not a a one-time live stream. Um, there's a lot of different ways to to brand your company and kind of engage with your customers, um, educational events and, and product showcases, uh, streaming offline events like trade shows. Um, and one of the things I, I, I heard about recently was, and I hear about it all the time on, on, on the radio, radio does live contests. Um, you can win concert tickets or win money um, by, by, you know, liking or sharing or commenting, uh, you know, on the radio, you have to call in, but for a live stream, there's any number of ways that you can engage your customers, um, create some buzz and some excitement, uh, and then hand out some swag or, or uh, give, a, give a nice discount for it. So I think there's a lot of ways to do it, uh, or even for industries where uh, they can let an influence kind of take over and run with their uh, with their name and with their product and, and, and reach a greater audience than they can reach on their own. Um, those are kind of just some applications that, that I've seen and heard uh, in the corporate space. And, and I don't think it's new either. I think um, it's becoming more important given the events of 2020. But there are definitely some organizations that have been on top of this for the past four or five years. Um, so I know there's, there's more applications. Meredith, do you have any, any other uh, applications outside of, of corporate? You know, I think um, 
to the healthcare field, there's definitely some applications there. Um, you know, whether it's just like the chapel channel or um, patient um, engagement. Um, I know that some even smaller places where if someone doesn't want to come into the office for a, a health appointment, that that might be able to be utilized there. Um, or even just something, I know I've seen a lot of those feel-good videos where, you know, someone gets released from the hospital after spending, you know, weeks in there fighting, um, you know, the COVID-19 and the, uh, you know, they're in the lobby exiting and all the healthcare workers are cheering for them and live streaming something like that, if, you know, can be, you know, a nice feel-good uh, moment to put out there. Um, so I think there's some applications where it can easily be used in the healthcare field. Um, and I think maybe even in the education field, whether it's, um, you know, your K through 12, or if it's uh, at the university, you know, higher ed level, going back in the fall, we're not really sure what that looks like, but that could be an opportunity for, you know, staff introductions or even some of these teachers using this to engage with their students if they're still doing learning from at home uh, lessons, you know, lab, you know, I can think of if they had it in a science lab to do an experiment to where they can engage with the students that way. So I do think that there are other um, ways that this can be used. Um, obviously, religious um, I know some churches are opening back up now, but when they were closed, I know that a lot of churches were live streaming their services. Um, so there's, I think that there's lots of industry applications out there for this product. Yeah, I think about all the things that we've missed out on over the last three or four months. Um, and, and, I, and I don't think that after this, this pandemic goes away, that, that everyone's going to jump back in. I think there's going to be some future precautions and some further thought going forward about this. So um, you know, I was thinking about sporting events um, and concerts kind of tying into uh, schools and education like Meredith was talking about um, packing, packing an auditorium with a thousand people uh, for, for a school play. Is that, is that going to be, uh, are we going to be able to do that going forward? Um, so being able to live stream things like that, plays, concerts, sporting events, the graduations, um, community events, um, I think there's a lot of activities that have always had physical involvement that we're going to be re that uh, as a community, as a country, we're going to be rethinking um, how, how we want to go about those things. And with now with the kind of dipping our toe in the water uh, with digital or virtual engagement, uh, I think we're going to see that more going forward. And, and there's a lot of applications, like we said, that this could fit. Yeah. And um you know, looking forward, even after all this, even if everything eventually, you know, eventually everything, hopefully will go back to normal. But even after that, I think that there's still a use for this. I know um, I Zoomed with my grandma and she got to then see her great grandkids. And I know that's Zoom, which is not what this product is, but she was just overjoyed by that. And so I think that if you, if schools such as concerts, like if my grandma could still get a link to see her great grandson, you know, play the trumpet on stage at a school concert, even after all of this, I think it can still be used moving forward, even after everything's gone, you know, back to normal, that there's still use for this. It's still a valid product. You know, while preparing for this podcast, I was, I was doing some research and, and I read today um, 
that that globally IP video traffic will be approximately 82% of all traffic for both consumer and business uh, in the year 2020. So digital video uh, live streaming, it, it's, it's not going to go away. Video is going to be a big part of, of, of data transmission and bandwidth uh, globally. So I, I think that it's, um, it's just a matter of learning how to harness it uh, that, that we're going to be, that we're going to be working on over the next couple of years. And I was going to follow up and end the conversation by asking y'all uh, a little bit of, of the future focus conversation. You did kind of already hit on that, but I'll just uh, I'll I'll present the question again and it might spark some different thoughts. But once you think we're past COVID-19, do you see these presentations, their content or the supporting technologies becoming a post pandemic norm? Uh, and, you know, maybe to uh, add some new talking points to this as we wrap up. Uh, do you see the encoding challenges that ZIP Encode LS is looking to solve today continue to be the same ones over the next several years, you know, barring any major technological innovations? And if so, why or why not? So I think um, in the future, I mean, and if we look back and compare, you know, what things were like 10 years ago, more people have access to Internet and more people have have uh, smartphones and computers and so that means we can reach more people using an encoding solution uh, with a live stream component to it. Um, not every industry and every application can we be can we do virtually or digitally. Um, so it's not going to take over everything 100 percent. But our voices and our images and uh, events like this that can be shared virtually, I think that's only going to grow. Um, that we're cutting the distance down between each other. Um, and now we can engage with people nationally or globally. And I think it's, we're going to see more people taking advantage of that going forward. I agree. Um, I don't see that this is going to, um, die down. I think it will become a norm. It might shift on what that normal looks like. Um, and I think, you know, moving forward technology wise, as you know, this technology does continue to develop, I do think it will become more user friendly, um, more accessible. Um, and I do think that person to person engagement is kind of naturally how humans, um, you know, like to interact with each other to begin with. So I can't see that going away or changing. Um, I think that's been one of the biggest struggles right now is that a lot of times people that don't have this technology is that they are missing that that interaction that I just think that it's you know a normal thing for us to 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 seek and crave. I also think if you look at the different generations as well, um, the younger gener the younger generations are more comfortable uh, with the technology, um, with with being on video, with with interacting in that manner. So as we get further down the road into the future, more people are going to be comfortable with that uh, to the point. I think that it's it's going to be preferred, um, the, the preferred way to communicate and, and even replace a lot of physical interactions to a degree. So I, I do see it expanding largely as as the younger generation gets older and into the workforce and starts making decisions 
for different organizations in various industries uh, on the way to proceed there. Joe, Meredith, thank you so much for your thoughts on today's episode of Z-Band Tech Talks. Uh, Are there any final words you want to leave us with? Yeah, hey, Daniel, I did have something I wanted to add, if you don't mind here. Um, So, like I said, this is a product launch, the ENCODE uh, LS, which is a new device. It could be standalone or as part of a larger system. Um, But one of the things that we're doing to kick this uh, product off is we, we are actually... Uh, donating 5% of all the sales of the ZIP ENCODE LS uh, to an organization called Good Sports. And, and Good Sports, uh, their, their mission is to give all kids lifelong benefits of sports and physical activity by providing equipment, apparel, and footwear to those most in need. So uh, I think that's something to, to mention and keep in mind as well, that uh, there is a, a good cause going along with anyone looking to explore the live streaming world. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if folks want to find out a little bit more about that partnership or about ZIP and Code LS, where can they go online? You, you can visit us at z-band.com. That's z-band.com. Fantastic. Again, Joe Finkenbinder, Southeast Territory Manager, and Meredith McNutt, Midwest Territory Manager, both with Z-Band Technologies. I appreciate y'all's time and for giving us some insight on the current state of content distribution and coding challenges and an exciting new product supporting a good cause. Looking forward to chatting again in the future. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Z-Band Tech Talks. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure you're going to z-band.com. Again, z-band.com. You can also find Z-Band Tech Talks on podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you're leaving a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Until next time.